No respite from load shedding this weekend or for the foreseeable future, but ESCOM has announced that it is lowering the stage of load shedding, vacillating between uh, stage four and three for much of your weekend. Uh, but um, the Western Cape's Premier, Alan Mindy, um, being quoted as saying that uh, he's received a, a, a warning from outgoing ESCOM boss, Andre Dorita, that our power crisis will only get worse and that it's probably best in the best interest of the Western Cape to insulate itself from that threat by securing its own power generation capabilities. Um, Windy um, being reported in Bloomberg uh, saying that the province plans to kickstart the construction of almost six gigawatts of power generation uh, capacity. Um, but how do we get there? How does the Premier set up the Cape's independent power system within the carcass of ESCOM's existing ailing transmission? Uh, to look at these questions and give us an idea of this roadmap to a load-shedding-free Cape is energy analyst. Uh, uh, Clyde Mallison joins me now on the line. Clyde, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. One of the key challenges of uh, South Africa's ailing power system is its inadequate transmission grid um what are then the province's infrastructure challenges if it wants to insulate itself from this curse of of load shedding obviously costs a lot of money to develop those infrastructure grids those generation capacities of course those transmission lines seems like a pretty technical and expensive exercise morning lester how are you I'm very good considering uh, ongoing load shedding and the various other problems of this country, but we forge ahead. Yeah, so Lester, I've been I've been thinking about uh, the whole country, not just the Western Cape. Mm. I think about our neighbouring countries, and I modelled a model to make the Western Cape a hundred percent self-sufficient with regard to electricity supply. Um, it will take uh, 8 gigawatts of solar, 5 gigawatts of wind, and 3 gigawatts of battery storage. Oh. And Bob's your auntie, the Western Cape would be independent in terms of electricity supply. Oh. No load shedding. Uh, it, wouldn't, uh, it would supply electricity cheaper than what they currently pay ESCOM, and the people who invested in it would get returns from that investment better than they get from their current pension funds. So it's not a question of what it costs. It's mm. a question of how much it would save the province. Mm. Let, let's look at some of the, the, the legal implications around a, a province in a, in a unitary state. Um, this province, like many, like all the other provinces, derives 95% of, of its budget from national uh, a government is is it legally possible for a province to insulate itself it's not like a city a metro or municipality that derive um you know budget from rates and taxes and therefore it can provide its own power utilities a, a, a province doesn't have that legal uh responsibility or power to do so if it derives 95 percent of its budget which will go to pay for these projects from national and the national could say would say oh no you can't keep it for yourself you have to share with other provinces as well because we yeah are so, so, so Lester, the first point is the first point is i prefer to talk about what i call the cape zone rather than mm. the western cape mm-hmm so the Cape Zone is an arc, if you can imagine it, from the Northern Cape, Western Cape, and Eastern Cape. It's the it's the outer periphery of the grid. Mm. So the best solution 
would actually be a solution for the Cape Zone. And the Cape Zone is actually a, a term ESCOM use. It's mm. the, it's the, it's kind of like, it's, well, it's the Cape Zone. It's the Northern Cape, Western mm. Cape and Eastern Cape. That's the first point. The second point is I'm not expecting the province to pay for it. Mm. I'm, I would be inviting people from within the Cape Zone and let's look, let's look at the Western Cape part of mm. the Cape Zone. To finance this, it wouldn't be financed by uh, national or provincial. Uh, one could raise a green bond and the people who lived in the particular zone or the Western Cape part of the Cape zone uh, would be invited to subscribe to that green bond. And it's in that green bond that they subscribe to that they would receive dividends which exceeded the kind of dividends you get from a pension fund. So I'm talking about a private sector paid for um, uh, intervention with, with wind, solar and storage. Uh, and then the, the, basically, although the different towns and cities in the, in the Cape zone would be purchasing that electricity as well as the farmers and any mines or, or things that were outside of the city limits, they would be purchasing that electricity, but they purchase electricity anyway from ESCOM. Mm. They would be purchasing it at a lower rate than they currently pay ESCOM. Mm. And of course, we would have to do some grid strengthening, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be trying to disconnect the Western Cape or the Cape zone for the rest of the, from the rest of the country's grid. And in fact, if the Cape zone did it, they would effectively uh, reduce their demand from the South African demand and they would actually end load shedding in pretty much the whole country. Uh, because then you have the, as you say, the Cape zone, Northern Cape, Western Cape, Eastern Cape, Insulating they, they, and, they became, and, and then providing yeah. the, the the rest of uh, providing enough generation capacity and demand for the for for what we would then call sort of the eastern half of this country. Well, no, they would no, they would they would they would uh, use what they had generated themselves, mm. but there would be some surplus. Mm. But because they were self sufficient, as it were. They would not be needing to use electricity coming from Pomolonga from the coal-fired power stations anymore. So it basically means ESCOM, if you think of a big circle as being the Cape Zone, uh, a sort of a radius of 900 kilometers or so from the center of, of, of gravity of generation in Pomolonga, then, then just outside of that 900 kilometer, just beyond the 900 kilometer radius would be the Cape Zone. And if they are supplying themselves, the first thing it means is ESCOM won't have to move electricity beyond 900 kilometers because beyond 900 they would be sorting themselves out. And it would also mean that they could move some electricity from beyond 900 into the rest of the country. But I'm not talking about them supplying all of the rest of the country's needs. I'm just saying that if the, if the country currently can't supply, let's say, four gigawatts, stage four load shedding, the Cape Zone uses about four gigawatts. So if it supplied itself with four gigawatts, bingo, the rest of the country wouldn't be short of four gigawatts anymore. And, 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 and basically simple arithmetic. Would would it require interprovincial uh, partnerships if we were to have a, a formalization of this? What you say called the Cape Zone. So, well, as I so, say, I prefer so, not to do it. 
Yeah, I prefer not to do it as, as interprovincial. But if you, if you were to think of the South Africa's provinces, if, if one wanted to do that, each province could look and say, what do we have to do as a province to make ourselves insulated? And that would be no different to the way Europe works, for example. You know, the, the Netherlands is a province, if you like, of Europe and Belgium's a province and Germany's a province. And those provinces all have what are called interconnectors between them. Um, so each one kind of sorts itself out, but then has multiple interconnects into all of the other regions. And basically those interconnects, we have them in South Africa, it's called the transmission grid. Um, so we have all of those connections. Um, and it would just be great if, you know, the reason the Cape Zone is a good candidate for this is, first of all, it's furthest from the locus of current generation. So it would cut down the distance that ESCOM had to sort of transport electrons, for want of a better word. And then secondly, it has probably the most creditworthy municipalities in the country. So there would be no problem in finance institutions financing this build, knowing that the municipalities that were actually going to buy this electricity or vend it through to customers within the municipality would be good paying municipalities so there would be no uh, or very small risk of default of payment mm. and the best model I have is that the people of the zone actually would own that new fleet mm. they would they would each get a chance to have a stake in that fleet and then they would get dividends so every morning when you woke up and you said is the sun shining yes tick is the wind blowing well it'll probably pick up in the afternoon Am I going to get some money into my digital wallet? Probably, because you've got <laughs> you've got a stake in having bought a chunk of this yourself. Interesting, Clyde Madison, director at Virtual Energy Empower. Really appreciate your time. Your thoughts? Should the KP planning its own roadmap out of ESCOM's load shedding shadow? O two one four four six O five six seven. The the premier really thinks so, but how do we do it? O seven two five six seven. One five six seven. Also considering um, insulating, but not isolating, this province from the rest of the country. I, I like the thought of a of a of a green zone, a Cape zone. Northern Cape already has looked into feasibility studies of of uh, green hydro technology that the Premier of the Western Cape says that could also be used as fed into a. Cape grid. I like your thoughts. 021 446 